You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Jim Hazlitt. It is the APC podcast, part of AcmePackingCompany.com and SB Nation, talking Green Bay Packers late into December as we hit December football and the Green Bay Packers beat the Washington racial slurs 20 to 15 at Lambeau Field, a bit of an underwhelming game, and we are going to talk all about it here. I'm Zach Rapport, dialing it in from Albuquerque, New Mexico, seated directly in front of our podcast intern, the statistician Sonny, my dog, who is just sort of sitting there looking at me, wondering why I'm not paying attention to him, giving him a bowl of food or taking him for a walk or, you know, dog stuff, stuff dogs like. Anyway, let's get down to it. I am joined. We got the team back together again. Ben Foldy stuffing some food into his face on the uh, on the video chat there. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm doing okay. You like you like mid food bite there. I think you. I appreciate you holding the mic away as you're actually chewing the food. That's very conscientious of you. <laughs> I'm a busy man. Yeah, I gotta fit it in where I can. Yep. Yep. Generally, you fit it into the mouth region. I found is where food goes. <laughs> For the most part. Also, we are joined by Alex Patakis out in Brooklyn, New York. You got the uh, Lafleur flag there with you? Uh, yes, I do. There it is. Here it is. I thought I lost it over the weekend, <laughs> but I have uh, recovered it as I was getting ready for this podcast. I was uh, very clumsily trying to find the Lafleur drop as you were waving the flag, but I-, I missed it. But there it is, nonetheless. We got it. Oh, it's just it's just not as organic that way. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Here we three are ready to talk some Packers again. The Packers defeating the Washington racial slurs 20 to 15 was the final score. The Packers starting out hot and um, as so often has been the case this year, things kind of dry up. But the uh, the defense showing up in, in a big way against not a terrible, not a terrible Washington offense. They got some players, but uh, definitely a struggling Washington offense, holding them to 15, doing their part of the deal and uh, let's get into some note nugs right away as we do every week notable nuggets after the game you can tweet at us at the apc pod with your hashtag note nugs to let us know what you think and we will get to some of your listener note nugs as well but i guess we didn't uh we had a not a lot of planning went into this episode i don't know who wants to go who wants to go first we've got a video chat is anyone gonna wave or yeah no <laughs> i mean i guess i could volunteer do it because mine will just be brief, and and again, uh, it's kind of a cop-out, but if the Packers are just going to keep playing the way they're playing, then I'm just going to keep talking about why it's annoying. My note nug is that there's nothing notable about this game, um, and that could probably be said for like the past couple of weeks. Now, I guess I desired more. I definitely thought this would be a stat game for them, but they still won, so I can't 
it's really hard for me to sit here at 10 and 3 and be upset. But there is nothing. I feel like by watching that game, I learned nothing about them. And I, the only other thing I will say is that as bad as Washington's season has been and as disappointed as I am that the Packers didn't like blow them out to make me just feel better about them, they have played like a lot better recently. Yeah. And it's still the NFL. And I'm like, we're not sitting here talking about them losing, yeah. which is really good. But we can't say anything different about the defense, I don't think, because they played a crap offense. And we can't really say anything else about the offense that we didn't know. Like, they're capable as Sometimes. early in the game. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, and then they're capable of totally disappearing. Yeah. And there's no, like, answer as to why. So, like, I wish there was, like, something else I can say. I'll also admit I didn't finish the game because there was way too entertaining of a game happening <laughs> between the 49ers and Saints. So maybe my note nug is that the game that I switched over to... Um, I would way rather talk about than this Packers game. Right yeah, that now. was between two teams who know how to score, score forty points on on twelve possessions each, I believe. Meanwhile, the Packers mustering twenty points on I think eleven possessions. But to your point, uh, Alex, about being trying to be uh, generous to to Washington in our interpretation of this game, they they have a pretty good defensive front. They have a few skill position players. It's December football, so um, I think we can sort of look to that in terms of feeling a little bit better about not blowing a team out of the water. I, I don't want to, again, last week I did this too. I don't want to sound too like entitled town Packers fan, like, I wish they won by more, but I kind of wish they won by more. I hear you there. Yeah. It definitely would just like make you feel a little bit better. Um, but also I, I like, I think the next couple of games will learn a lot more about where they are as a team. And they do tend to like, I don't know, sometimes game plan really well against familiar opponents. And Aaron Rodgers has a tendency to show up in these kind of moments. So um, I'm not overly worried. But yeah. Um, yeah, this isn't a Saints or Niners podcast. So I don't have much else to offer aside from that because <laughs> I, the game was in the bag and there was nothing else to learn by watching, I felt. Yeah. So. Well, I think that I did learn a little something. And so I will I will get into my my note nug. Uh, firstly, Aaron Jones, 16 carries for 134 rushing yards and a score. And he added six receptions for another 58 yards. There's been a lot of chatter about Aaron Jones usage over the course of this season. And we've talked about it. Tex Western was on a few weeks ago. He had a piece on the blog proclaiming his belief that the leash needed to come off. And, and I think that that echoes a lot of the sort of common sentiment, this idea that, look, Aaron Jones is a stud on a team that isn't super deep in the weapons department on offense. You know, let's run him into the ground. And, and I think that head coach Matt LaFleur has taken a lot of flack for his sort of continued insistence that rotating the running backs is a good idea. But I think that I might finally be ready to admit that he's been right all along. All this sort of bitching and moaning from us fans about getting Jones more carries, more passes, more snaps. And meanwhile, here we are now. Take a step back. We're in December. The Packers are 10-3 and three at the moment, as we record this on a Monday afternoon. Uh, the two seed in the NFC. And, and, and lo and behold, we've got a pair of pretty fresh-legged running backs in Jones and Williams now. Uh, so we're actually, I think, set up pretty well down the stretch to win December football games. And also, 
maybe not be out of juice once the once the playoffs get going. And this Packers team is going to need all the juice that it can muster in the playoffs uh, because they've been streaky on offense. So I guess to to uh, to summarize. Perhaps after this game, I'm ready to say that uh, the Aaron Jones usage narrative may have been uh, overblown. And surprise, surprise, maybe an NFL uh, head football coach actually had a plan all along and, and maybe it's working out OK. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, would you say that like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't understand like what took them so long to get here, I guess. But like, again, I don't want to look back and just sound like an entitled fan. And I want to be grateful for the fact that they're still healthy. But I really wonder, like, what the hesitation was, um, like, to really start treating him the way I think, like, running backs of his talent level should be treated. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if they like just have a really high evaluation on Jamal Williams too, and like he does a lot of really good things, but I, I don't know, like, like what is happening in the running back meeting room where they feel like no matter what, like Jamal Williams is still going to be a huge part of their game plan because I still think like there's almost like not enough Aaron Jones at times. I mean, I, I think there's there's two things there, right? I mean, one is Jamal Williams is still a plus pass blocker. And Jamal Williams is actually a pretty decent running back and was trusted to get the Packers one yard on fourth down, and he did. I, you know, I, I and the other thing, I guess there's three things, is that, you know, Aaron Jones has never played a full season without getting hurt, and I don't think there's there's much to be, you know, there's much downside in not, using him too much and and getting too much tread on those tires in in the regular season if you don't need to yeah yeah i mean i guess that's true i mean like some people would even say that the packers are like being conservative with their offense like in general not just with like the usage of aaron jones but um i don't know i saw i was going through some tweets um where our podcast twitter account and like there were some references and the replies to aaron Rodgers, even just like kind of taking it easy yeah which, like, maybe that's, like, way too optimistic of an evaluation of their passing game right now. Um, <laughs> but in general, the team as a whole also, like, injury luck has been, like, incredible. I feel like almost every game, Zadarius Smith goes to the sideline with something, and I'm like, oh, no, this is going to be terrible in the next series he's in. That, that's at least happened, like, three or four times this season. Yeah, that's true. Again on Sunday. If Bob McGinn is to be believed, Zadarius Smith is, uh, like, a drama queen, like, prima donna kind of... <laughs> I think he, oh, really? he said that in some evaluation earlier this year, noting that Zadarius Smith twice during a particular game came out with an injury and then and then came back in. Just a weird like latter day Bob McGinn take where it's like, that's not like, I'll come back to you in draft season, man. I don't so make him a drama queen <laughs> like or maybe, you know, like I don't think there's any harm in making sure you didn't like, you know, rupture a tendon or something. Yeah, I don't know. Like pull a muscle. How you can cover Brett Favre for that long and then think Zedaria Smith is being a drama queen is kind of beyond me. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. McGinn going to McGinn. I, I whatever. <laughs> yeah, for real. Ben, you're making a face. Give me your note nug. <laughs> Am I making a face? Um. I guess my note nug is that yes, I would have liked to have seen a much more convincing victory over over these slurs, but you know, I mean, I don't think Washington is. For all my complaints about the Packers' kind of inconsistency while still putting up a relatively consistent record, I mean, Washington is way more inconsistent in a bunch of ways. I mean, they get blown out by the Giants, they barely beat the Dolphins, but then they kind of hang in there with the Vikings. Um, you know, they beat the Lions, they beat the Panthers. Like, those aren't terrible football teams. They're not great football teams, but they're not terrible. You know, it was a weather-affected game by a lot, but 
they the Niners only beat them nine to zero. Granted, that was like a true slop fest weather wise, but you know, I, I guess that was the worst outcome I think for a Packers fan because you didn't see enough to get upset about that you you know know how to fix it, but you also didn't see enough to get excited about that you think that they've like turned a corner i guess that kind of uh alex that's like kind of what you were saying as far as not being able to come away with anything and i remember yeah. uh john Meerdink saying last year after a game against the dolphins that like his assessment was like well that that happened a football game happened and i watched it and that's about it yeah almost in a way like when you get blown out you want to like throw out the film i almost feel like that this is like a similar thing even though you happen to win but i want to go back to something that ben said um because it, it made me think about it with when he was talking about the niners only winning nine nothing against washington and what was truly like a really like weather impacted game like how much about of us being disappointed in the packers not beating a bad team by enough is colored by like what we saw happen against the 49ers like or at least like what how, how we feel about them as a team and like taking this result as like further proof that they're not great. For me, a lot. If they lost 35 to 32 against San Francisco, would we give a crap about the fact that they just like skated by against a Washington team? Or would we say, hey, they're 10 and three, they could get a first round bye, and they've already proven to us that they can play with like the best in the league? Because like to me, that, that 49er loss is coloring like almost everything about the way like we feel about this team right now, which. I don't know if that's right or wrong. Like, I, I, I feel the same way, too. I'm not saying, like, you shouldn't feel that way. I'm just saying that that's, like, that to me is, like, a seat. That, that is making me view the entire season differently. And I don't know if that's smart or not. Oh, I think it's a great observation. And I talked about that last week, how I, I coming up, because we didn't get to do a podcast after the 49ers game. But my my what I wanted going into that 49ers game was for the Packers to prove that they could hang with an elite team in the conference. And I came away from that game gutted that they just they could not hang at all with that team. And it proved that they were a, a tier below. And that definitely colored sort of my my expectations and kind of how I was feeling about the team over the over the next uh, couple of weeks. But, you know, to that point, I'm trying now actively as the Packers are 10 and three and, and a two seed right now at this moment to take that, you know, step back, take that landscape view and just said, uh, just appreciate, appreciate the good times, man. Just appreciate yeah. some, uh, some winning, some winning football. You're hundred percent right. That said, there's not that many games that, you know, the only game on the schedule that would fix that perception is if they really stomp out the Vikings. Right. I don't I don't know if there's a game that really fixes the way I feel about this team before the playoffs. I think they would be probably the least deserving bye week team that I can remember if if they get one. I don't think there's that much separating this team from being eight and eight. Uh, from what they are now, like I, I, you know, they keep winning one less than one one score games or less than one score games, you know, and statistically that's not a great sign. Rodgers has not shown me, you know, uh, take the game by the scruff of the neck and win it on his own ability as much as he had in recent seasons. And we can argue about whether or not that's because the system is working better and he's playing within it, or he doesn't have that ability anymore. Uh, it might be a little column A, a little column B. Yeah, we'll get to that a little later. There's an obvious upside to having a weak schedule, but I think the downside is I have no idea how this team is going to perform headed into the playoffs, and that yeah. is stressful and upsetting. 
probably more than it needs to be. But I, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess this is the downside too of, of, as you said, I would rather the team lose close games to good teams than win close games against bad teams. Just to, just to get a sense of what this team actually is. I mean, like, is there a single win this season that you feel really good about without kind of a caveat? I guess the Vikings game. The Vikings, yeah. Although they kind of let the Vikings back into that game, right? Like, I mean, even that wasn't kind of an end-to-end feel-good game. One thing I would, I guess, I, we were talking about the Packers being a tier below, and I, I think that that is made, made perfectly clear about the 49ers. But I will say, like, aside from them, I don't know that there's any other team. Like, man, it's hard. It's hard for me to like sit here and say that if the Packers somehow hosted the Saints. That, that I would I would be so convinced and like that that they can't beat them, um like they have the Saints have some stinkers like they yeah, they had they a do. home loss against the Falcons um that they did you know they kind of skated by against the Buccaneers I understand that's a divisional game and things like that but really like you know the the Niner loss sucks but the Niners are also the only team I think in the NFL that don't haven't shown an ability to kind of just like come out and just not have it um on any given day so like if that's the biggest knock against the packers going into the playoffs then i'm okay with that i, I don't know i i just felt like it was like necessary to say that because there's almost like the like this feeling that it's like they don't get a first round by and they saw you know maybe they they have like whoever the sixth seed is in, in the first round and they have to go like to new orleans or something like that or potentially even to san francisco which would suck um if there's no prayer, yeah, I don't, I don't think they would have a prayer against San Francisco. But I think that's also the only team I would say that about in the NFC. While I won't, I'm, I fear every team in the NFC. I also only truly like don't give Rodgers a chance against one, um, and that would be a road game at San Francisco, and and that's exclusive to road too because I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is capable of losing uh, himself on the road. I just don't think he's going to have to. Yeah, I think the issue isn't so much that this team played a stinker against the Niners, which of course they did. It's the fact that they don't seem to be able to make statement wins in any other game. Yeah. And that's like, you know, I think most, most of the, of the recent kind of analysis has pointed to what separates a good team from a mediocre team in the NFL is not, you know, what happens in close games, which is kind of a coin toss, but what happens in, you know, how many teams are you kind of really having your way with? And honestly, I haven't seen the Packers have had their way with that many teams. I mean, good or bad. Yeah. I mean, like, it's I mean, not, it's not, I don't think this is a bad football team. I'm just not sure it's a good football team. <laughs> Isn't that so, I mean, it's just so funny to be in December and saying that. And I feel like that's almost the case every year. Yeah, Ben, this is, you're echoing a lot of what you said throughout last year, which was, uh, in retrospect, a shitty football season but for much of that year i remember you saying like i could see this team beating anyone and i could see them losing to anyone i'm not sure what to think until we got to maybe like the last month yeah we got to you know meaningless december football then you're like they suck but but wait i mean like but i wasn't totally wrong last season i mean like no you weren't you weren't totally wrong you're a ty montgomery fumble away from you know potentially beating the the rams you know like a much better rams team but that's my point, right? Like, I mean, this yeah. could just as easily make no changes to this team. And next year, you're looking at last year's results. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. And, and we're going to get a little bit into that uh, with some, uh, some uh, discussion-worthy stuff that I found on, on Twitter. But we are going to take a, a quick break. And then when we get back, we're going to do some, some note nugs. And then 
a little bit of a broader conversation. All right, we are back at the APC pod on Twitter is where you can uh, find us for bite-sized interactions. The APC podcast at gmail.com. The inbox open and ready for you as well. We're going to get to your note nugs following the Packers 20 to 15 win over Washington. We're going to start off with Ryan Ziegler, who tweets in 340 left in the first. And I'm going to give you my post game note nug punt return yards. That's it. Uh, we didn't really talk about this, Ben, last week, but uh, the Packers signed someone who you are familiar with, and he was returning punts on Sunday. What'd you think of uh, Tyler Irvin? Is that his name? Yeah, Tyler Irvin. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> I liked Tyler Irvin coming out of his draft no. year. He profiled really well as a as a running back. I think I even drafted him in one fantasy league. Oops. <laughs> and honestly, it I would not mind him getting a shot at running back uh if in in the in the kind of worst case scenarios everything pans out like i would not be terrified at putting him in at running back but yeah i mean compared to what was happening it's obviously an improvement i i, I don't know what do you say about what do you say about tyler Irvin? but you know didn't didn't screw up that's a good that's i a just good i just want your your hard scouting report that you did you know before the before his <laughs> his draft no he profiled really well like yeah. he tested really well physically, yeah. I don't know. I'm I, I got no reason to be mad at Tyler Irvin. Yeah, I'm being facetious, obviously. But the Packers go from they were on pace for uh, historically low. I think like the lowest ever punt return yards. Uh, I think they were negative, and they actually got back into positive uh, specifically because of Irvin. So Alex, I see you shaking your head. You haven't been on the pod in a, in a couple weeks. Uh, we've we've joked a little bit about uh, Sean Menenga, the human thumb, but uh, what do you think of <laughs> the special teams here this past week? I mean, I guess they were better. I also saw like some punt coverage that I liked um, a couple of times. I mean, it really shouldn't be hard to be for the season uh, in in the in, <laughs> in the positive in the positive return yards. So, like, I I just think that. I'm never going to get over that. <laughs> like, I'm, like they can, they can I, barring them, like running a bunch of kicks back for touchdowns. Um, the last couple of weeks of the season, I think I'm just going to chalk this up as just like a, a, for the year, just a big special teams loss. Um, and kind of just move on. Although Mason Crosby has been good, but again, we, I mean, it's like, it hasn't been the specialists that have been bad necessarily. Um, it's just been the special teams unit. So, yep. Whatever. Yep. Whatever, indeed. <laughs> Change the coach if you want. I mean, I, I or 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 don't, and you know, catch a punt and run forward. Yeah, running for novel idea. Catch the catch the punt and run forward. Louis tweets in with a little bit of optimism. His note nug: uh, This team was a goddamn mess last year. Ten and three feels good. Amen to that, Louis. A bit on the negative side. Joey's tweeting in: Third down execution was a big time yikes. Yeah, they were five of thirteen on third down that's uh that's not good that's uh not great bob not great bob <laughs> sam tweets in and ben he's echoing a little bit of of your your sentiment they could beat anyone they could also lose to anyone this team is confusing trying to stay positive though hashtag note nug i like ending on a positive note kevin tweets in 
Team can win in a lot of ways. Still don't trust them against the 49ers, Saints, or Seahawks, though. We already hit on that a little bit. Um, you talked about the Saints, Alex, but what about the Seahawks? Uh, they, um, they of recent losing fame on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, I mean, they lost to like a team, I mean, again, division opponent, team that's competing to try to stick in the, in the playoff race in the Rams, but the Rams aren't a great team. Um, I, I don't look at the Seahawks as a team that's, that's unbeatable now. I, I, I'd be scared. Um, I'm scared a little of Russell Wilson against the Packers. Like the Packers can generate pressure, but Russell Wilson can evade that. Whereas like the Packers could actually generate pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo or Drew Brees. I think they're in much better shape. Yeah. Um, but not, I mean like Seahawks at Lambeau, I, I think the Packers would probably be favored in that game. Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with that. Uh, one last note now before we move on Nick Varley, last year's APC podcast, Pick'em winner, Nick Varley, tweets him, the grass looked fantastic today. Kudos to the field maintenance staff. I want to pause on that for a second because I know that he's being sarcastic because I tweeted about this. Um, the slippage on the Lambeau Field turf seems to be a real issue this year where I don't remember it being an issue in years past. I don't know if either of you have noticed this at all, but I definitely tweeted about it during the game. I saw... There was uh, there was a play where Jimmy Graham slipped. There's a people are slipping and sliding all over the place all year, and uh, we used to joke about you know Soldier Field and some of the lesser turfs throughout the league. And um, I don't know, man, doesn't 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 look good this year. I don't know, Alex, you're 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 giggling. Do you agree, or have you not noticed that? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's been noticeable. Um, I guess I just have no idea why. I don't know if there's like environmental factors. With Mike McCarthy took like his head grounds guy with him for some reason. <laughs> Pretty sure those staffs are like completely separate. I'm taking my um, long guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, or tried to like sabotage the field on its way out and did something crazy. But um, no, yeah, that has been really weird um, to notice because I, I feel like Lambo in particular is um, given like, you know, the, the weather it, it endures is almost like a shining example of like how well a field could be maintained despite, you know, a few months of the season it going through a brutal winter. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. We put out a call for questions. We got a few things in, but I want to start off with uh, Joe at work pointing out um, uh, some good Twitter work from Ben Fennel, our old, our old pal friend of show, Ben Fennel. I haven't had a chance to have him on this season yet, but at Ben Fennel underscore NFL. If you're not following him on Twitter, you are doing Packers Twitter wrong. But Ben, I wanted to bring this to your attention because you you talked a little bit about a little bit about uh, Rogers and and we texted back and forth uh, throughout the game as to whether or not we should feel frustrated about about Rogers and holding onto the ball and maybe not taking what's there. And, and so Ben Fennel tweeted this today: finished Packers offense film. That was one of the worst games I've seen from Aaron Rodgers in a while. Call me a hater or whatever. I understand they won the game and all, but when evaluating his job as a QB in a vacuum, he was bad, alarmingly bad. I'm speechless. He goes on to say, uh, I watched the film with with Fran Duffy. Uh, Each play, we take a breath and we say, what's the design and the intent of the play? What was supposed to happen and why didn't it happen? Process over results. So, Ben, I want to turn that sort of assessment with uh, with not very much context granted given 
um, over to you because you and I had a little bit of a back and forth where I felt like he was holding onto the ball too long, maybe um, not taking what's there or sometimes not stepping into throws. And, and I remember you trying to plead the case for there really wasn't anything there. Do, looking back, do you still think that was true? I do think that Rodgers' protection, particularly from tackles, hasn't been as good as it has been in recent years. Um, and you mentioned this during the tweet, during the game, was that you thought Bakhtiari was having kind of a so-so season. I mean, there were a few reps where Bakhtiari really got owned uh, against Washington. He's got, I feel like he's got at least a penalty a game, and he's, he has gotten owned a few times. I, I get the feeling maybe he's playing through an injury because I don't think there's a decline that started, yeah. but he's not having a stellar year, I'll it's, say that. That's definitely, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say he's having a stellar year by any means. Um, but I guess that comes back to this problem of like, you know, what is Aaron Rodgers' ability to adapt to changed circumstances, whether that's changed circumstances in his wide receiver core, whether that's changed circumstances in his offensive line, whether that's changed circumstances with his coaches. And I do think that there's often a bit of a delay, you know, as, as Rogers kind of catches up to whatever those changed circumstances are. But, you know, I mean, it's a difficult, it's difficult because it's always like, I mean, he's doing enough to win, right? You know, one thing that he isn't, you know, he's still remarkably consistent on is not turning the ball over. Uh, you know, we did see an example the other day of, uh, you know, what can happen when he holds the ball too long, which is that sometimes he can fumble. And he's had a couple of issues with that in the past. I remember a couple of stretches where that was a big issue. It seemed. Well, if certain people are to be believed, he needs to throw more interceptions because that would really help things. <laughs> I, I love that argument, but I, uh, you know, it's just like, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think that Rogers had a good game. Uh, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say he had a bad game, but he definitely didn't have a good game. Uh, yeah. And I'm trying to remember the last game that I did think he had a really good game, and I guess it's the Raiders game. Well, he had four against the Giants. Yeah. Doesn't mean he had, like, a great game. It wasn't, like, a co that convincing of a four yeah. because the Giants sucked. Well, yeah. I want to add to the conversation with a tweet from Ben Saylor who says, how much does everyone's opinion of the offense and ostensibly Rodgers change in this game, if he hits at least two of the three of the deep shots, he overthrew by about one step. And I want to add that to the conversation, and I also want to rebut rebut a little bit of the, the observation there that he, he overthrew all of those, because I remember specifically Jimmy Graham goes uh, goes deep, and it looked, it looked at first blush, it did look like an overthrow, but the more I thought about it, and I think I heard Tom Silverstein talk about this on, on his podcast as well, but... Other players make that play, and it's and it's just Jimmy Graham is just not someone who mid stride down the field is going to make an adjustment. To he just doesn't his body literally can't do that. And I think Tom Silverstein was making the case for, and he has for a couple weeks now. You, you gotta you gotta sit Jimmy a little bit more, and you gotta get Big Bob in there, and you gotta get uh, Sternberger in there because at least they can run. At least they're young agile young men you know so i think so i want to take one of those off the table because i don't think that that was entirely his his fault but i don't know you're you're uh you're laughing up a storm over there alex i i just think just like that your description of his body just can't do that is just so harsh but also accurate and i like don't you know meaning no disrespect to jimmy graham i i'm a i'm a tight end evangelist and i have caped for Jimmy Graham for a long it's time. It's not disrespectful to acknowledge that he's not very good. 
Yeah, he just can't. Yeah, I mean, it is. And it has been a very disappointing. I mean, like, talk about fuel for the, like, don't sign free agents fire. Yeah. One of the most disappointing free agent acquisitions I can remember. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he can still like he can still body some people out. He can still catch some passes, but some passes, but he doesn't catch all the ones that he should, and he just can't run or jump anymore, like at all. At he has all. not delivered a single uh, game-changing moment. I would say. Yeah. This Is it insulting to say I'm not sure if he would beat Jason Witten in a foot race? <laughs> I mean, I think that is insulting, whether or not <laughs> yeah. it's true. It was uh, open for debate. All right. Day. Well, um, we'll be sure to uh, facilitate so, that foot race in the off season for you guys. <laughs> did you read a lot of the replies to um, the the tweet that we're talking about here? To Ben Fennell's kind of like string of tweets about this. I I did not. I only get so far down into the uh, you know the comment section, yeah. so to speak. Well, from like, all right, I'm changing tasks now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's bad, and like there was stuff about the interceptions and him being risk-averse and all that kind of stuff, But um, which which is annoying because, like, I don't think this team is good enough to withstand him taking a lot of risks. So, like, at the very least, we well, they're winning ugly, which I'll take. But, um, I mean, I don't know. It's like, again, this is just like, just like last year. It's like the Rodgers criticism starts to seep in when things aren't going the way you want them to, even though they're winning. And then there's like this whole man. Okay. The only thing I will say that I think is consistent with when Rogers is playing this bad, because, because I can't understand like why all of a sudden he's not playing within a system and why there's throws that are there that he's not take Like, it's not like he's not capable of making those anymore or that he doesn't see them. Like, I just like, I, I just don't, I don't accept that. Like he's too smart he's too still gifted and makes a throw a game that you realize like, Oh, he's still got every bit of the arm that he had. Um, the trust narrative, like how do we feel about that? Like, is that kind of like out the window now? I mean, he's got Devonte Adams, but like when he was truly great within a system, when it was just like a well-oiled machine, he had multiple guys and like, he has a great running back. He's got a great receiver. But in general, like, he's still surrounded by a lot of guys who aren't that good. I mean, like, you just made the case for Jimmy Graham, like, not being very good. Like, that's his starting tight end. Yeah. Like, a lot of people love Alan Lazard, but he's still not, like, a truly established. Like, he has flashes, you know? Yeah. And maybe Rodgers isn't letting him blossom, and that's on him. Or maybe, like, the fact that Geronimo Allison is still getting a ton of reps on this team and is, like, you know, a starting receiver by all measures is, like, a fucking joke, man. Like... Come on. Well, you know, I want to channel a little bit of my inner Ben Fennell and my inner uh, Mike McCarthy and, and talk about fundamentals because, uh, you know, we watched I think we all watched a little bit of that clip from that Mike McCarthy piece that's that's coming out soon. And um, and there, there's a little bit of a, there's there's a, a moment where Mike McCarthy and who's who's doing the piece? I'm sound like a bad Tom Pelissero Tom Pelissero is doing, is doing the piece. piece. Um, so he's talking to to McCarthy. McCarthy and him are going over some some quarterback school coaching film that they use, and they show some film of early Aaron Rodgers' footwork. And it's just that plus I've seen some analysis that I've seen um, on on Twitter. I've seen a little bit of uh, film by a friend of the show Peter Bukowski, um, among others, to show some of the throws in, in this game. And it's a pattern we've seen uh, for a couple years now, where Rodgers is for no apparent reason 
take it like not not uh, stepping into throws or he's you know he's just gonna like fall back and do an all arm fadeaway throw kind of for no reason there's no pressure there and so like some of those deep balls that Ben Saylor mentioned um, and and certainly I've seen this a few times this year as, as well as last year are they there was no reason for there not to be proper mechanics on that throw and it seemed to be directly related to it not being not being on the mark sure well, okay, and that's fair. I think like if you see like if you look at his uh, uh like the feet are always going to kind of lead you with the throw, right? Like if you're like why is that inaccurate? Like the feet probably have a big thing to do with it. But last year, we chalked that up to injury. So what do we chalk it up to this year? Like it, I guess you can't necessarily say it's injury. We don't know that he's playing through an injury. Is it like body preservation? Like is he kind of like lazy because like one thing he's super conscious of that I think is interesting and weird because like it's almost like he's playing more reckless now which would make you think like you you would almost think the opposite is like how long he wants to play and like his longevity and he's always talking about that and things like that but like i don't know is there something is it easier on your legs that have been often injured to not be doing the proper like joe montana footwork that we saw in that mike mccarthy piece like is he being lazy because it all starts with joe (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh i know oh, God, man uh can we just talk can we just have like a whole podcast about that once that whole thing comes out <sighs> just like what is it like that makes me so sad for mike mccarthy he should be out like living life enjoying things like enjoy and he's like <laughs> holding up in his home in green bay watching film nonstop, like putting mm. together this staff that coaches nothing like, like he's got guys ready for when he gets the phone call. But like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean oh, to derail man. your point. I just like every time. No, I, I, Mike McCarthy's always going to derail me. I'm just fascinated <laughs> with the guy. And I still think that like he's an incredible guy. And watching him get choked up uh, about Green Bay. And I'm glad Ben sent that to us today in our in our group chat because um, that got me too. like, I'm so glad he's not the coach of the Packers, but I'm so glad he was for a while. Uh, anyway, I don't even know what I was talking about. Yeah, uh, everything's Aaron Rodgers' fault, right, Ben? No, I don't think everything's Aaron <laughs> Rodgers' fault. I'm just throwing out a red herring to facilitate continuing the conversation. You know, that's <laughs> no, I, yeah. Anyway, don't think everything's his fault. Do think that he could be better. Yeah, I want to move on really quickly to one more thing. And and Ben, um, you had talked a little bit, or I kind of set you up for this, but we talked a little bit about how you felt about the team last year versus how you feel about them this year and sort of what our general our general feelings are about this team week to week. And I want to pull up a uh, tweet from Steve the Homer True, Alex, your old, uh, <laughs> your old buddy at ESPN Milwaukee. Um, he tweeted out uh, earlier today, probably trying to facilitate eight hours, <laughs> eight hours of talk radio. He said, last year, with the terrible Mike McCarthy, who had lost the team... <laughs> 26th in offensive yards and 13th in points. This year, under Lafleur, who is correctly using Aaron Jones more, 23rd in offensive yards and 14th in points scored. So I think it's actually a switch. I think it's 14th last year and 13th this year because I looked into it. But essentially, no movement. He goes on to say either Mike McCarthy was that wasn't that bad, or Lafleur hasn't been that good. What do you say? Ben Foldy, what do you say? Well, isn't this the same argument that people were making about Petten versus Capers? Uh, like people were using this, you know, Petten's got, you know, the Smiths, this this big free agent outline outlay on the Smiths and um, and Adrian Amos, and then uh, you know another 
year of a lot of draft capital on the defensive side of the ball. And in reality, his defense isn't performing that much better than Dom Capers. Yeah, people people were making that argument. People being me on this show last week. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and, and and Twitter. I mean, I can't remember what stat they were using. I I, I don't think it was DVOA because I think the Packers were actually doing all right in DVOA. Yeah, I mean, I guess that really comes back to this to this like what separates a good team from a bad team, being, you know statement wins efficient wins uh everything else is kind of noise i think the packers are a remarkably noisy team with a lot of outlying variants whether that's injury you know remarkably good injury luck as we've touched on today just flicked at whether that's kind of a remarkably soft schedule which is funny because earlier in the season we talked about how uh we thought the the schedule was actually pretty challenging, and I feel like as more as new shit has come to light over yeah. the, over the course of the season, we realize that maybe the schedule is a little softer than we thought. Yeah, I mean, well, that's another thing that 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 uh, you know takes a little while to catch up, right? You know, your sense of what a team is last year versus your sense of what a team is in a current season um, can be a little slow to change. And uh, anyway, I guess that's why I'm harp. I, I feel like. You know, I know there's a lot of shit talking about negative Nancy Packer Twitter, yada, yada, yada. And I should be happy that this team is 10 and three. But I guess the issue is that I don't see a lot of reasons to believe that this team is getting better. I don't see a lot of reasons to think that this team will be considerably better next year than it is right now. I don't see a lot of reasons to think that the the trajectory, the, the arrow of this team's trajectory is pointed up. So unless this team, you know, really competes for a Super Bowl this year, I'm not sure they're going to be, they're not going to have an opportunity as good to, to compete for a Super Bowl next year. Um, and I don't think this is a team that's competing for a Super Bowl this year in reality. I mean, I think, I think they will by dint of being in the playoffs and maybe pulling, you know, a streak together. Um, but I don't think that this team is really competing for a Super Bowl this year. And, and that makes me worried that they're not really going to compete for one next year. But I do think that the mm-hmm. record this year is going to be good enough that they're not going to make substantial changes uh, moving forward, at least in the, in the, in the first coming year. <laughs> that is the Packer fanniest take uh, of that that is possible. <laughs> but um, Alex, what do you think of sort of the equivalence here that, that Homer is drawing? Either Mike McCarthy wasn't that bad or Lafleur hasn't been that good. What do you say? Uh, I mean... <sighs> McCarthy was that bad, but it—I don't know. I, I guess it—it's—it doesn't necessarily. Lafleur has not been great, uh, and produced like just like this world beater offense for a number of reasons that I don't necessarily think are that he's like not a great coach, and and um, you know, like if you watch Ben Fennel's like film breakdown that followed up his tweet, like there are guys that have very clearly been schemed open, right? So like if. If Rodgers is making those throws um, consistently week to week, not holding the ball, all that, like the numbers are probably a little bit better. Yeah. But like the numbers are the numbers. It's it's it is it's a little hard to argue that there's been like a, a drastic improvement, even though there has been in wins. And uh, like Ben said, and like we've talked about, like entry luck and schedule are a huge thing that you can get by on. Um, I, I I think Lafleur has been great for the Packers. And I don't think it's his play. I just think it's like the the culture change yeah. that happened is 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 
arguably the difference between like last year's like doom and gloom and this year's 10 and three and potential to have to win two games to get to the super bowl right like that's what we're dealing with right now like if they take care of business win games they should win like they're two wins away from the super bowl when the playoffs start um which is crazy and um I, w- I think Rodgers is aware of all of this and the fact that he kind of like steers so many football questions towards that weird intangible stuff about the locker room means that like there that change is like exactly that that was the difference yeah like the numbers are the same he keeps talking I don't know about how that it. equates it's all he talks about did you guys watch the thing with Justin Vernon that's like all he freaking harps on is just like this the makeup this year the makeup this year the guys and all this stuff and it's like yeah they brought in all these free agents and they're they're good they're the metrics may not be that much better, but like they're great locker room guys. Like, how does that equal wins? I have no idea, but clearly they like they believe that. Yeah. So I want to I want to wrap up this uh, this point, Alex. You you said the numbers are the numbers in terms of of what Homer laid out in his his McCarthy <laughs> v Lafleur comparison. But I want to do a little bit of of trivia with you guys because this is a, a point that I wanted to uh, to tweet back at Homer. I actually thought I did, and I just looked at my my Twitter account and I. I neglected to do that. Been a busy day. But so uh, the Packers so far this year uh, through 13 games have surrendered 270 points to opposing teams. How many points did the Packers surrender through 16 games, all all 16 games last year? Alex, give me your number. I mean, the fact that you're making answering like asking this question, it means it has to be close to 270. I'm going to go with less even. You're gonna go well. You gotta give me numbers here. Okay, I I will I will do two <laughs> two hundred and fifty. So no money involved. Five points. Two fifty five. Ben, what do you got? Yeah, two fifty. Two fifty. The answer is four hundred. <laughs> okay. 400 points the Packers gave up last year. So that's kind of like I wanted to respond to him, and again, I, I neglected to do so, but that kind of blows. The what I've been sort of hinting at is this false equivalency out, out of the water here. Um, it maybe actually doesn't look <laughs> that good for Mike Pettin last year, but um, 400 points, man. 400 points. Yeah. I guess I, I thinking about it, I don't know why we guessed so low. In the past, did they like not give up a point until like the third quarter of the second game of the season? They, they, this this year? year? Yeah. Or. Yeah, something like something. that. Well, no, they won ten to three, I think, against the Bears. So maybe it was. Oh, a they touchdown. did. Oh, it was a touchdown. Yeah, they didn't give a touchdown, a touchdown until yeah. the third quarter of the second game. Yeah. But so Ben, to your to your point earlier about you know like the the little differences between this team or that team this year or or last year, um, the offense, you know, they're feeling themselves a little bit more. Um, but at the same time, really, uh, the the defense for as much as I was trying to ruffle some feathers with some anti Mike Pettin takes last last week, intentionally ruffling feathers, trying to get those clicks. Anyway, um, the Packers defense playing much much better this year, surrendering far fewer points, and I think that is the thing that makes it makes a big difference. It's just like the Bears last year. You know, the Bears fans spent a whole off season thinking they were going to be just as great as they were the year before, and I and I believe all of us in the show and many others are like, hold on a second. You're going to lose some of those games that you won by two points, four points. You're going to lose some of those games. And that's the difference that we see here uh, this year. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess if if we if I had to believe in one football thing being the, the main difference between the shit that was last year and 10 and three right now, it's red zone defense. 
Because last year was like bend, then break. And this year is like the true definition of bend, don't break. I think they were one of the best, if not the best, in red zone defense in the NFL. Um, or at least were like going into like a game maybe like a week or two ago. And that, uh, that's huge. So nice. Do you have other trivia questions for us? Yeah, because we didn't humiliate ourselves bad enough the first time. <laughs> yeah, now I want to like, you know, <laughs> want to get have a chance to like get my lunch back here. No, in fact, I think that's a good spot to end it as we hit the polka. But uh, we just mentioned the Bears, the Packers facing the Bears. This Sunday, it's going to be, uh, I don't know, what do you guys think? It might be a little bit of a different ball game than it was earlier in the year. It's like, uh, I feel like it was a tough game, and then early on in the season, the Bears kind of exposed themselves to be kind of crappy, but they've played uh, pretty well over the last month. They've battled back. They're somehow still in the mix, and uh, the Mitch Trubisky truthers have crawled out from the rocks, and they're going to spend all next offseason rallying, rallying to him. Uh, <laughs> Alex, what do you think about this game coming up? I mean, I still don't buy it. I'm, I'm never. I will never be buying Mitchell Trubisky stock ever. So, um, you know, I I feel the Packers will do enough to limit him, despite his recent surge, um, slash potentially embarrass him again. So, uh, I feel confident in that. Ben, what do you think about this game? Uh, I take the under, and the <laughs> Packers win because they're at home, but not. As convincingly as I would like. One <laughs> last, yeah, that's uh, the Packers fanniest take. Continuing our trend here. One last trivia question, Alex, since uh, since you asked for it uh, as we head out. Mitchell Trubisky, this season, what is his uh, quarterback rating through thirteen Ooh. games? Okay, so it's had to have improved over the past couple of weeks. I would say it was probably, I would guess that it was hovering somewhere in the 70s, and now it's moved up to like something like 82. 82 is your number. Ben, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'll take 80, 85. <laughs> Price is right. Price is right rules. Just take like one, one notch above. <laughs> uh, Alex, you did much better this time. And uh, Ben, actually, I think maybe you got technically got closer. 86.9 is... Uh, is his quarterback rating. Um, wait, hang on. Is that right? <laughs> Regular season. Is that oh, yeah, quarterback rating or ESPN's QBR? Yeah, I was going to say, no, did we get right. into a QBR No, no, issue? no, that's right. Uh, you know what it is? I got confused because they're listing the games backwards. And so I was like, no, the Packers <laughs> were the first game. What are they talking about? He didn't have 115 rating in that game. Uh, but, yeah, 115 against the Cowboys, 118 against the Lions. So the Trubisky truthers have their ammunition. And with that, we've almost exhausted our polka. And so uh, for Alex Patakis, for Ben Foldy, I am Zach Rapport. Ben Foldy, for your cat, who is now on the uh, win window sill behind you. There he is. Hey, Yushka. It's the ABC podcast from AcmePackingCompany.com. We're done. We're out of here. <laughs>